0: I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome back to the finale. We've had 10 wonderful episodes from 10 wonderful teachers. And tonight I have seven of them who were free and willing to like humor this crazy idea that I had that for a finale we need to get us all together and have a little chit-chat. So we're going to do this IP meeting style and share who we are and kind of what we do so that you know who's on the podcast with me today. So as you know, I'm Amanda, and I'm going to do my best to ask questions and roundtable style kind of answer some of these questions. So we'll kick it off first. Lisa.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa. I am a 1214 teacher, so I'm a self-contained high school teacher that currently works with all students who have autism.
2: And I'm Heather Cassiopo. Um, I am a middle school, middle school, self-contained special education teacher in Illinois um, working on everything functional life skills. And I'm Whitney
3: Lowry and I'm a resource teacher for fourth and fifth graders at an elementary school.
4: Hi, I'm Jennifer Hoffaber, and I teach resource kindergarten through fifth grade in liberal Kansas.
5: Hi, I'm Cassandra Cornwell, and I teach um, self-contained in Westfield, Indiana with students with
6: emotional disabilities. Hi, I'm Ashley Lutz, and I am a special education resource teacher, and I teach grades three through five in elementary setting.
7: Hi, I am Hallie Sherman and the odd one out, I am the SLP working with fifth and sixth graders in New York. Guys, this is going to be so fun.
0: I'm excited just even everybody introducing. Okay, so here we go. The theme of this, since we have so many people, is going to be one thing. What's the one thing? And then we'll finish finish that sentence. Okay, so we're going to start at the top of my list here. What is one thing that helped you leave work at work? Lisa, will you share?
1: This is a really hard question because I was always the one always working before I had children. So I was there, you know, six in the morning until five o'clock at night. I'm the one who was always there. And actually, I had my principal tell me a lot you need to leave. And so I think once I started a family, I realized that there's a whole other life happening outside of school. And so that was a huge factor for me, just kind of walking away. And I started educating other people like you need to leave during your, I mean, when your contract hours are done, you're out the door. And I really try to make that happen by using my planning time. I close my door um, and make sure no one comes in. And actually, if my paraprofessionals are bothering me, I I wear a little headband that says, do not bother me right now (laughs) because I'm busy, because I'm a chatty person and we can get Gavin and Gavin and I have to make that for myself. I'm in my bubble. Please leave me alone.
0: That would be my answer, too. Like, my thing that has helped me is to shut up. Stop talking all the time. Like, you don't have to be in every conversation. It's just a waste. Actually, there will be times where I'm like, what did I do during my prep? Yeah. Oh, well, I talked to this one and that one and that one, but that didn't get anything off the to-do list. Exactly. So shut up. That's my advice. Stop talking.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Heather, what about you? What's your
2: one thing that has helped you leave work at work? The biggest thing that I've done in the last couple years is delegating tasks to other people, Um, whether that's the paraprofessionals, um, students can also support me in some things. Um, I've had students like have a lamination station um, where they're working on laminating things for me and that helps me get things done during the day that I need to do but definitely can be done by somebody else, um, staff or student. And just like I said, delegating those tasks has really saved me a lot of time. That's a good one. Whitney, what about you?
3: I'm a big list person. So if I can just like make myself a list and then tell myself like, okay, I'm going to do this during this part of the week or during the next day, then I'm pretty good about getting it all done just as long as I know that there's a time to do it then I'll do it I think I just take it home thinking there's no time so um in my mind if I know that I can make time then I'll do it during the week um like during my work week and then um so that I don't stay there long like on a Friday I usually just ask my coworkers, hey we're going out after this right like and we'll just like go to a little happy <laughs> hours or something. I'm like if I'm leaving you're all you're all leaving with me so <laughs> those are the those are the two things I do <laughs> That's good. And then
0: even that gives you a deadline. Like I have to be out by four or whatever, like, because we're leaving. That's good. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. What about you, Jennifer?
4: Well, I'm kind of like Lisa. I knew that once I had kids, I wanted to be out of there as soon as possible. But I think recently since I'm an empty nester I think having a hobby doing the teachers pay teachers thing and running a business I want to get all of my stuff done right away so that I can get out of there and get home and do what I want to do so I make sure that I'm diligent throughout the days just to get everything done on my own time that's good very very good Cassandra what about you um to pick you back
5: off of one of the other gals I learned this from my mom and she makes a list and then she does like five minutes per item on her list. That way she's moving quickly through them. It doesn't get bored with one item. Um, and then she'll just circle back and that helps, you know, get a little bit done of each thing. Um, that way you're able to move through them.
0: I like that. And then even some things we might think it's going to take us forever, but maybe it wouldn't. And if you knew you had five minutes, like just get it done, just go, go, go. You'll be done. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, sometimes too, I feel like when I feel overwhelmed and I have like a lot of things, then I do nothing. Like, it's like, I just sat here like, what, what am I doing? And so that might even be like five minutes, just go work on whatever for five minutes. That seems doable.
5: Yeah. Sometimes I'll just sit there and be like, oh, I haven't checked my email in a couple hours. So I'll like slowly start deleting emails and like, see what I can get rid of, Yeah. which is just a total waste of time. Exactly. But I really like moving through it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at wasting time. And then later I'm like, why, why did I do that? Like I had so much that I needed to do, but my mind was like not able to do it at that moment. I don't know. Just overwhelm. I think
6: Ashley, what's your one thing? So my one thing is I set an alarm on my Apple watch. And I actually got that idea from little miss Kim's class she's another special education teacher and it says like go home I have alarms on my Apple watch for everything um we do certain jobs in the school and I it's like one of them's like Thursdays at 8 a.m and I'm like I don't remember Thursday at 8 a.m to like put the card outside so like alarms on my watches tell me to do everything that's a good one I'm kind of the same way actually I'll have some that are like
0: that they go off and I'm like what did I what what was I supposed to do? And then it's like, oh
6: yeah, that's it. Yeah, I put the little text in it. It's like, go home, go home, get out of here, <laughs> <laughs> Lisa. What were you gonna
0: I add was just to that?
1: To say that I am forever forgetting to do the attendance in the morning. <laughs> I totally need that on my Apple Watch
5: <laughs> reminder. Do your attendance, yes. Until it's, like, summertime and you're still getting that reminder every day, like, do attendance <laughs> and, like, Cassandra's med time.
0: <laughs> yes, or even, like, you know, take a bathroom break, whatever, and it's like, okay, okay, it's spring break. I don't need to do that. <laughs> We're okay.
7: Hallie, what's your one thing? My one thing, especially maybe more catered to a speech but can definitely be catered to any realm, is by not wasting so much time deciding on a plan. Like good, going with my gut, good. just just going with something. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be elaborate. And when I got over like the whole like need to be perfect, like the students don't doesn't know it didn't go as planned. Like let's be real, administrators are not walking in each and every five seconds. Like it's really okay. So once I realized I didn't have to be so perfect all the time and didn't like think that everything had to be all, el- this way I can now plan faster and spend more of that time that I have writing IEPs, doing reports, finding kids to test, calling parents, all that fun stuff.
0: Like doing the important things of your job, not all of the little piddly things that you're the only one to notice, really. (laughs) It's just us.
7: Exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) Okay, next question. What is the one thing you wish you had learned in college? And I feel like I should share mine. Last time I interrupted Lisa, like after hers. So, and it's okay to repeat because I don't know. It's like, if somebody says something, you can piggyback off that. Okay. So my one thing I feel is phonics and just knowing and like understanding the English language. I feel like I did not know that until I went to Orton Gillingham training several years into teaching. And I'm like, Jesus, what was I doing before? I should have known this ahead of time. So that's my one thing I wish I knew. Lisa, what about you?
1: So this question is, you know, one thing you've learned at college, right? You wish that you learned at college. And I'll preface by saying that I, this is 15 years ago. So they might be teaching this now, but True. I really wish that they had some kind of training on how to manage staff because mm. I went into this thinking I was just going to have a bunch of kids <laughs> to to take care of. And my first job, I had eight paraprofessionals and it was an absolute nightmare and I often (laughs) fell on my face and cried and um it was it was bad and I was thinking why didn't they ever warn me that this was also managing adults and I
0: yeah like you're mentally prepared for managing children you know that's what you're getting into but the adult side
1: Yeah, and I was a person who didn't have a great like backbone, so and I didn't like confrontation. So I often would go to my principal, like, "What do I do?" He's like, "You got to figure it out." (laughs) And so I did. (laughs) Uh, I wish there was training on that.
2: Heather, what about you? I I had a couple ideas, but I think I'm gonna go with. I really wish they gave us more understanding of special education services and programs, and that you can be a resource teacher. And what does that mean? You Mm -hmm. can be a self-contained teacher. And what does it mean? You can be a co-teacher. And what does that mean? And there are different avenues that you can explore and you can change paths and it's okay. You're not a failure. Um, I would say that's like the one thing that I really wish they could have helped us understand in college that Special education is so gigantic when you look back and think about everything and you can switch. I know many teachers that have gone into SLP and gone into OT um, and decided they wanted to do something else instead of the classroom teaching. Um, So I really wish we could have explored more of those avenues um, to get a better idea of maybe what we would want.
0: I think that's a good one. Yeah. And then even too, like, what does it look like in those places? What would you be doing? Because even you could do your student teaching in a like co-teaching setting, but then get hired as a resource room teacher. And you're like, "Mm, and what do I do here? (laughs) You don't know. And so I agree. Just even being able to like see some of those things would be valuable. Yeah. Whitney,
3: what about you? I love what Heather said. I think that's such a great one. I think like I have student teachers now and they're getting like job offers and they're like, which one do I do? So I get that So Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that would be, that would be really nice to have. Um, I think for me, um, whenever I first um, started, I wasn't sure how to write IEPs and I picked it up pretty quick, but I think like now looking back, I'm like, man, it would have been so awesome if there was a class on like how to write those tough emails to parents. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't know. And I'm always having to like send them off to my coworker and be like, can you just like help me write this? So um, it might be a personal struggle. But I'm like, I kind of wish that I had that. Sometimes I can just get like straight to the point. He's like, all right. So let's kind of make this a little bit, you know. So I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I, I wish. That was a class on, like, just how to do it. Not even, like, an eight-week class, but, you even know. Even, like, to piggyback off of that,
0: even, like, having tough conversations in a case conference or something like that, some of those, it would be nice to know. And I think, as a mom, it's a little easier sometimes. Like, how would I want to hear it if you were telling me about my child? But still, I think it's just... I don't know. It is. It's hard to write that, text that, say it in a meeting. There are just some things that are difficult. So I totally relate to
4: that. Jennifer, what about you? Well, again, Lisa, I'm really not copying you, but I totally see the thing with, you know, working with adults. They did not teach us that in college. I still don't think that they teach that in college, but working with adults is so hard. They, we're not taught how to, you know, manage staff. We're not taught how to schedule for those for those teachers. But also one of them that, that I feel like they missed out on teaching us was how to communicate within an IEP meeting, how to, you know, summarize all the testing information that we have, how to, how to give all that verbally. You know, we can we can look at it on paper, but explaining it to a parent and putting it in their language, I think that's something that I wasn't taught that I had to learn.
0: Exactly. And after you sit through enough conferences, like you could probably do it in your sleep, but... How many conferences are do you have to sit through before you kind of know the ins and outs? It's hard initially. I agree. Cassandra,
5: what about you? What's one thing that you wish you had learned in college? For me, it's managing the adults, like Lisa said, because especially when as I, you know, I'm getting older. I don't have so many anymore, but a lot of my previous years I've had paraprofessionals that are older than me. And so, you know, they know their ways and they know what to do. And just finding a way to use that like constructive criticism, um, to really have like those honest conversations. And that's a huge challenge for me. Like, because I always just want to beat around the bush when it would just be so much easier if I would just say like, you know, this is exactly what we need to work on. And, you know, I like how we do this and,
0: and it's easier. Like when you're at home practicing in the bathroom mirror, it's so easy then. And yeah. then in real life, you're like, well, well we could, you know. And I forgot everything I you know, practice. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: I'm a real badass in front of the mirror. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really good then. But... In the car on the way to school. Exactly. I got I'm really good there, too. Yeah, but not in real life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Ashley, what about you? What
6: do you wish you had learned in college? I wish that they would have taught us how many different um, curriculums there are for, like, special education because I went to school in Pennsylvania, but then I've only been teaching in Virginia. And though it's vastly different, um, the things that they have for you. And I did take an IEP writing course in Pennsylvania. Their IEPs are completely different in Virginia and like the stuff that they want. So I really wish like once you get your teaching license, they would be like, hey, here's how to be a special special education teacher 101. Like it's a crash course, eight hours. This is what we want you to do to be successful. Um, and also definitely working with paras. I know everyone said that because I've had multiple paras. There have been multiple uncomfortable situations um, that I just don't think people prepare you for. And I think Lisa nailed it on the head when she said you're taught how to manage the kids and educate them. but." you didn't realize that you were going to have this like other piece that could be a whole lot of drama that I'm not, I'm the same way I am in front of a mirror. I'm great. You put me in front of an adult, and I'm like, Nope, I'm out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's good to like have the conversation show so that we know we're not alone. Like we're all in the same boat that it's hard. It's hard. Hallie, what about
7: you? I wish they dove deeper into behavior management. Mm, yeah. Like, Just like yes, unless I learned it with certain situations in my student teaching placement, I mean you can't learn everything at every different behavior. And that you know, it's there's so much deep. Like I didn't really understand a behavior intervention plan. What was that a BIP? Like huh? Yeah. Like someone tell me. Like (laughs) even still, so many times I'm like, okay, like summarize it for me. Like give me cliff notes version. Um, But I wish I had more training and practice and guidance in that area versus figuring it out on my own.
0: Or even with some, depending on your district, you might be like the one that people are going to, even though you're like, dude, I don't know how to do it either. Like, I don't don't know, (laughs) but then you're the person. And so it is, it's hard to know. Or sometimes it's like, well, I'd tell them to sit down and knock it off. That's not what Mm -hmm. they want to hear, you know? So Uh it's just,
7: it's hard. I worked in some districts where they're like, okay, there, there are no behavior problems in this district. You figure it out on your own. They're, you can't ask for help. And then I have other districts like, you just ask for help, get that kid out. And I'm like, which one do I do? Yeah. What like, am I doing? Do I more? ask for help? Do I not ask for help? Like, just tell me. Like, I just don't want any, like, everyone just like me. Let's be kumbaya all the time. Yes. Yeah. Just, just make that <laughs> happen. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So next question. What is one piece of advice that you would use to help soothe your nerves before an IEP conference? I'll go first. To me, I really do think like for me being prepared is my at least like that's literally the only thing I have control over. So I've got to be prepared with like maybe it's a list of bullet points that I want to discuss. Maybe it's like okay, I know we've got this one big mama topic that we've got to talk about, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and it makes me want to poop my pants even thinking about. So I've got to have like five positives.
7: You guys are laughing, but that's me. I'm just like always go to the bathroom before a <laughs> meeting. Does that count? Hey, I mean, there you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's like,
0: you know, you always have like maybe that one thing you've got to talk about. So I try, I feel like sometimes for certain students, I'm racking my brain for days of like, what are the like five positives that I'm going to say to outweigh the one poop your pants topic that we've got to talk about? So that's mine. Just feeling like I got to be prepared, control the things that I can control. Okay. Lisa, I'm putting you on the spot. Number one again. Maybe they'll just take your answer the whole time. I don't know.
1: <laughs> You're first. <laughs> I was going to say um, something that's that helps me soothe my nerves is, and I think this is different for me because I have I'm in a unique position where I am also the special education mom. Mm. So I'm wearing multiple hats. So I kind of have an understanding of where I would want the teacher to come at. Um, and so I guess my advice would be to kind of have a conversation before the IEP meeting mm, with the parents.
0: There you go. That's good. And
1: in our district, it's that's not a requirement. So a lot of times they just send forms home and you never really get a chance to chat or really see the parent until that IEP meeting. And it has to happen like week one, week two, like those conversations.
0: I think that's very true. And then even if you have, you know, like right now, even I feel like some of my conferences are virtual, some are in person now, but then if it's virtual, you've never even like laid eyes on that person or talked to them in, you know, so then to that be your first interaction is a meeting. Then yeah, that's a little nerve wracking. I I like that. Heather, what about you?
2: For me, it's an organizational piece. Like If I am more organized and I have all my data forms, all the like the IEP printed out in draft form that like I can highlight things to talk about in the meeting, um, it puts me at ease. I bring like post-it notes with me for other little notes. Um, But the one thing that I need every single time and I'm lost without is my agenda. And if I don't have like an agenda with me, um, I feel lost where I don't know what's coming next, and um, so I always make sure there's copies of that that I can pass around to families if they would like, Um, but having the agenda helps keep me focused, and then I can kind of gauge on time, um, because where I'm at, I'm also the one leading the meeting, so I'm leading it, trying to take notes, and also, you know, being professional about it, too. so I feel like sometimes I'm scrambling to through papers to find where they got a sign um, and all that fun facts and things. So I just make sure my agenda is there. I think that's a good idea. And then
0: you don't forget the little, th- you know, the thing that it's like, well, we got derailed here and we started talking about that. And then, oh my gosh, I forgot to give them this or I forgot to ask about that. So it just really make sure you check all your boxes. I think that's good.
3: Whitney, what about you? Um. Yeah, so I think for me, like, as long as I like have my data, and I know, like, I'm confident in myself, I know, like, where where the student is at, and all of those pieces, and I've talked to the parent, like, if I have all of those, um, then I'm typically pretty, like, good with all my IEP meetings, it's usually the ones where it's like, that, that one parent mm-hmm. who is just like, for whatever reason, has it out for me, or whatever, you know, yeah. or like, oh, they're they're getting an advocate again, and she hates me. Like, (laughs) those ones are, like, the toughest for me. Like, I literally just get sick to my stomach, Um, and I'm that person that will, like, what you were saying, like, have those conversations, like, okay, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to, you know, whatever, just because I just, like, am that person that's, like, kicking under the table. Um, (laughs) So there have been times that, like, I'll go into my coworker's like, room, like, right before the meeting, and we'll do, like, a quick little dance party, and then, like, (sighs) Okay. I just like can't think about it and then I'll go into the meeting as if everything's cool. <laughs> but I think for me it's just like as long as I have all the data to back up like anything that we're talking about, I just feel confident in whatever direction it goes, it goes. But as long as I feel confident in myself and where just that the organization Jennifer?
4: Well, when I was first starting out, I would always wear like a turtleneck or something because my neck would get so red and so splotchy, <laughs> you know, I would get so embarrassed. So that was, that was the preventative thing that I thought, you know, I was covering it up, but now I just make sure and delegate, you know, like somebody said earlier about delegation. I, I want somebody to be like, you know, keep us on time, keep us on track, you know, give me some type of little signal that we need to move on, have a note taker so that I'm not having to do everything. So I just, you know make sure that I have everything, like you guys all said, have everything organized and ready to go, but then also have someone else that's, that's keeping me on track as well.
0: I do like that. Like, you know, some kids for me, they're just SLD. And so it might be just me, the classroom teacher, principal, you know, whatever it's, it's minimal. I do love it when like my behavior teacher or my SLP is there because it's like, at least there's somebody else, to take notes, somebody else who can, while you're doing this, they can go type, you know, this or that for you. So I, I agree. I like that, just being able to delegate some of those other things. Because then when you don't have it, it's like, oh man, I gotta juggle all the. I gotta do this myself. Yeah. <laughs> can I? Yeah. Is it faster when I have somebody else?
5: For sure. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Cassandra, what about you? For me, it's having the confidence. Um, and one way that I like, you talked about being prepared for it. And so, like, being self contained, I only have a handful of students. But so I might slowly be working on their IEP, you know, up in like for a couple weeks or a couple days, maybe beforehand. <laughs> Whereas when I was resourced, it would be like a lot more last second. Um, so, like, just preparing by like, rereading all the documentation that I've written, like going over the data again. So it's fresh in my mind. And then not only that, but like having a plan for moving forward, like having an idea for what those goals are going to be next. Um, instead of, and even if that means, you know, talking to the gen ed teacher or talking to the SLP beforehand, that way you're not just all like sitting around the table, like, okay, so what do you think should be next? I don't know. What do you think? Um, and just having an idea, it just makes you look a lot more. You know, put together and
0: yeah, that's a good one. Ashley, what about you?
6: I agree with what everyone else has said, but my number one rule for IEPs is I only wear black because I get nervous and I sweat, and I'm more concerned about someone seeing my sweaty pits. (laughs) 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 If you want full disclosure and honesty, that's what I want. (laughs) Unless it's the winter here in Virginia, then I wear like a big, bulky sweater. Um, because you can't sweat through that. So, I only wear black, and that's my advice. <laughs> if you're a I like slander, it. Wear black.
0: <laughs> also, everybody looks good in black. I don't right, care who you exciting. are; you look good in black, right? <laughs> so, I love it. They're probably like, you know, I don't know if what grades you are. I don't remember, but like for me, I sometimes have some of my kids for like four years. They're probably like, dear God, they do need to pay
6: teachers more. She literally wears the same shirt every year,
0: right? <laughs> That's been her for four years.
6: <laughs> I did self-contained before I was in resource, and I swear they're probably like, why does this girl like look like she's going to a funeral? <laughs> it's an IEP I&T meeting. Time- <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, it's for fine. me, this is really sad. I first off, I'm on Amazon all the time. So basically, if I find a shirt that I like, I'll go on Amazon and buy the same shirt in every color. So my kids are probably like every day. It's either the black shirt with the tie, the maroon shirt with the tie, the green shirt with the tie on the side. Like it's the same every day. So they probably I, but it's Amazon. It's cheap. I've literally reordered them. Like, oh, my black one's getting a little ugh. I'll just throw it and order another one. My camo one's getting a little, I'll order it because they're like $15. You can't pass it up. But my kids are probably like, I think she just wears the same shirt every day in a different
7: color. And I do. It's not if they could figure that out, they've mastered some sort of IEP goal. I don't know. I I, I'm out. just to say.
6: <laughs> Amanda, can you link your sh- your shirt in the show notes? For I us? sure could. I- <laughs> it's, <laughs> <comfortable>. <laughs> it's like
0: dressy. I can wear it with jeans. I can wear it with like leggings or jeggings or something. It's perfect. And then I have cardigans too that it's like, okay, black shirt with a gray cardigan Or the blue shirt with the yellow cardigan, or it's, it's all the same, (laughs) you know, it works. So that's probably what my parents are thinking. Not she wears black all the time. Like, dear God, woman, get a new shirt. Okay. Hallie, what about you?
7: So everyone said a lot of mine between data, having the conversations ahead of time. For me, it's more with the team than the parent per se, because a lot of times I want to make sure the team knows that I'm recommending a change of some sort. Um, but to piggyback off of the nervous things, I always try to make sure I have either water or coffee or something, especially before the mask season, where I was able to hide my like WTF face under the mask. <laughs> um, but but like if I if I felt like nervous or like like I, like I might like give away like my facial expression. I just take a sip of my water and my coffee. Like, like, I can't believe they just said that. Oh my God. Like, you know, things like that. I always have some sort of beverage to hide any possible facial expressions that might give away something I should not be thinking or saying out loud.
5: There you go. I, that's great advice. (laughs) (laughs) And like, also always sit like somebody, a trusted team member, like across from you in a direction that parents won't necessarily see, like, where you can you can give them the like, look yeah mm-hmm. yeah like the- <laughs>
7: and when I was I was very pregnant sitting at like a like very heavy CSE meeting and like and like there were lawyers and everything like that like Ooh. I had my bottle of water and I was like I'm ready to pour it on my lap and say my water broke if we needed to like <laughs> like we had a plan going into this like it was I never I didn't need to but yeah, we, we were ready. If it hits so. the fan, you got a backup plan. That's all that matters.
3: <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that would have been the best story ever.
7: I know, I know, I know. It would have been really good, especially with like my male chair chairperson too. Like that would have been really good.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, Hallie, I feel like you keep getting stuck being last. Do you want to go first with the next question? When you said to piggyback, you're probably getting tired of piggybacking. And Lisa's probably getting tired of being the first one every time. Okay, (laughs) the next question. What do you think or what do you wish that
7: teachers knew about students with disabilities? That they are capable. Ooh, I love it. Like not what is it that there's like that quote that not all students it's not that they can't learn but they all just learn in different ways like like yeah it was just a matter of just a different approach to get the same result.
0: I love that. That's perfect. I was gonna say I should have shared this before, like before I threw it to you. I feel like I wish they knew if they could, they would, but they just can't, and that's our job to start kind of bridging that gap and figuring out what it is that they need because they don't want to do it any more than you don't want them to do it but that's what I wish sometimes or even I've had people before they'll be like well he can't or she can't or whatever and it's like well you know they're with me for a reason right like they're mine and this is just an area of weakness guy like if they could do it I guarantee they do it but it's just hard so that's what I wish they knew and I think probably deep down they do But I think they just maybe sometimes need that reminder.
6: Ashley, what about you? I wrote down they can do anything. So like what person A can do, this person can do. So it just, like Hallie said, it might be approached in a different way, but they can do anything.
5: I love it. Yes. Cassandra. So I saw this cartoon earlier today, and you may have to put it in the show notes for it to make sense, but it had um, a snowy – stairway next to a ramp. And I actually just saw it in a staff meeting after school today. So it's fresh in my mind. And there was a guy in a wheelchair, um, sitting at the end of the ramp. And it said like, could you please shovel this ramp? And the guy says, the guy that's shoveling says, um, all these other people are waiting at the stairs for, um, me to clear the stairs. So after I do that, I'll, I'll shovel your ramp. And the guy says, the guy, in the wheelchair goes, well, don't you know that if the shovel, if we shovel the ramp, we can all go up it. Um, And it was an assistive technology uh, meeting that we were at. And it was just basically that like clearing a path for all of our learners, like exceptional learners or not, can clear the path for everybody.
0: I love that. Like right now at our district, UDL, we're like light years behind everybody else. But like UDL is what they're really pushing. And it's like, guys, if we thought about our kids all the time, you know, if everybody thought about our kids, could you imagine what that would do to everybody? Because you're right. Like when you think about that or when you plan for that. Everybody succeeds and in everyone's that. Everyone's going to make Yeah. I love that. I may have to, I will have to put it in the show notes. And I think I need to I'll share that, that to. like on social media and with others too, because it really is like it's your mindset. It's what you're thinking about or you're focusing. And it is easy to be like, oh, I got to, I got to shovel the stairs, sho- shovel, you're, you're the stairs. like all these mind. people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But when you take a step back, it's like, oh, well, everybody could go up the ramp. Jennifer, you're in the middle no matter which way I go.
4: <laughs> That's okay. I, w- I was thinking about this question, and I just want general education teachers to remember that students who have disabilities are someone's child, and if you treat them like you would want your own child to be treated at school, I think that, you know, a lot of things could be different for them because, you know, they are somebody's kid. They They want to be loved just like everyone else's kid, and and that's just something that we all need to remember.
0: Yes, absolutely. Would you want somebody saying the things that just came out of your mouth? Would you want that said to your own child? Many times, probably not. I agree. I love it. Whitney?
3: I think um, for me, it's just I wish that teachers would just um, know that if they just took the time to have those conversations with students when um I don't know, just taking the time to like have those conversations when like something is happening with them, um, that it goes a long way, like even down the road. And, and I think it's often it's like, well, I have 20 some other students and I understand that. But then part of me is like, well, if you just have that conversation, then it would actually make things a lot easier throughout the year. Um, And then also just like, stop doing the sarcasm. My kids don't always get it. And it's yeah. not, I don't like it. And it's that's not true. funny. And so I think that's kind of just two things, like kind of hand in hand. So just having those conversations and. Stop doing sarcasm. So.
0: Yeah, you have to know who can handle the sarcasm and who can't because some do they get it, they love it. But not everybody. I agree. Okay, so I once had a teacher who said, you know, Oh, I have 25 or 27 or whatever. I was like, Oh, I have 47. 47. If I can make time to have a conversation with mine, so can you. I mean, granted my 47 aren't there at one time, but I'm running like a chicken with my head cut off to see 47
3: kids. If I yeah. can have time for that, so can you like, it's okay. Yeah. Or if they were not on an IP, would you be having that conversation? Or are you just not having that conversation? Cause you expect that I'm just going to take but care of it. Somebody else is going to handle it for you. Exactly. Yeah. I love yeah. that.
2: <laughs> okay. Heather, what about you? For me, this one is really near and dear to my heart. Um, most of my students are non-vocal. Um, so a lot of people assume that they don't understand or they can't like, you know, like I said, process what you're saying or understand what's going on around them. Um, so I think just telling other adults that like they're listening and they can hear you. Yes. Well, maybe they fully won't understand what you're saying, but they can say they can understand when you say, I hate that, I hate that person's mean whatever it is um because this year specifically I have kids in my room that are very sensitive to negative conversations negative things going on in the world um they're very aware of what's going on around them and so I just really want to tell the other adults like they can hear you even if they can't say something back about it they're listening yeah they're nonverbal not deaf like
0: mm-hmm. you can't just have any conversation in front of them They can hear what you're saying. I I love that. And I think it's easy to forget about sometimes as adults, you know, we have our conversations that are not always appropriate at lunchtime or whatever, but there's a time and a place for that and not when students are around. I agree. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, Lisa, we saved the best
1: for last. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to (laughs) piggyback. Uh, so really, I was just going to say that I wish that more people would just presume competence. And it, it's very near and dear to my heart because my son with Down syndrome, Jacob, he's six years old. And I you would be shocked how many people come up to him, whether we're in Target or wherever, and they talk to him like he's one. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like, hi, Jacob. Do you know? You know, uh, and I'm like you can just say hi, Jacob. Jacob. he understands so,
0: english like <laughs>
1: yeah it's actually it's so shocking and i just look at people like why just because he looks different doesn't mean he, he's not understanding mm-hmm. you so presume competence. i love
0: that i think that goes well with heathers too yeah. you know like don't just assume anything whether it's their intelligence their understanding of what you're saying you know d- just don't just don't right. i also i don't know how others feel about this but I didn't even baby talk my own children when they were young and I'm not going to baby talk somebody else, you know? So I just don't even understand how that is people's go-to, but it is all the time. And it's like, I, I talk to them like they're humans. Like I don't talk to them like they're babies or adults, but also too, like for my own children, people will be like, her vocabulary is just amazing. And it's like, yeah, because I've talked to her, like an adult, I mean, not like an adult, but you know, I mean, I haven't talked to her like she's two her whole life. Right. So I think that's good. And our kids need that too. Explain a word if it's too big or out of their understanding. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly. okay. Okay. Next question. I'm going back to Hallie and just because of time, I'll make this our last. Um, and it's more lighthearted. What is one thing that you love about your job that keeps you coming back day after day? And so for me, I think it's simple. It's just the progress. I. It's just in, in no other job do you get to see kids just transform, not just in one area, but like in so many, even their, their confidence and their independence and yes, they're reading and writing and math abilities and things like that. But I just love seeing like that progress and that transformation. And so even when you're dealing with like, stupid things your administration wants you to do, it's like, but look what I'm doing here. And that's what keeps me coming back. Hallie, what about you?
7: I get to make learning fun and build confidence. I had a student tell me, I think it was just last week. um, He was like, my teacher never calls on me to read, but I can always read in here. Mm. You know? Oh, God. Like, right, right? And all I did was just take a News ELA article and change the Lexile. Like, yeah. that's all I did. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like rocket science. Like, I just changed it to make it more his reading level. And he was like, You call on me and I can read in here. I'm like, Yeah, you can. I'm going to keep calling on you. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you're awesome. Yeah. Like, so something simple as that, like just seeing, you know, students feeling confident and willing to take those risks when things get challenging and making a difference.
6: Yes, I love that. Ashley, what about you? I would say the kids, they like make it so much fun seeing their smiles is what brings me back every day. I love seeing them light up and just enjoy life. So I love yes. seeing my students each day.
5: I love it. Cassandra, it's so rewarding, and I feel like I learn as much from the students as hopefully that they're learning from me, like, you know, as a behavior teacher, I'm always teaching these coping skills and how to deal with these, you know, different emotions. And these emotions are okay, but how we handle them, you know, is up to us and how to choose joy and all that kind of thing. And then when I am put in those situations, I have to remind myself, you know, like, Hey, I expect an eight year old or a nine year old or a six-year-old to handle it this way, like I need to step up my game a little bit too.
4: That's true. A good reminder. Jennifer? Well, of course the kids, you know, we all get into this for the kids. But I think I I know that I had years where it didn't matter that I wanted to go to school to see the kids because I was struggling so much with the adults. And so I think what keeps me coming back now is having an awesome team, having a co-teacher that I that is my best friend and having a team of paraprofessionals who we've trained and who are happy within their jobs and I think that's what makes it so much easier to come to school every day.
0: Yeah, how do you get the best friend for your co-teacher? Like how do you make that happen?
4: I don't, I think <laughs> I don't I never heard of that anywhere else but
0: Okay, my no, question was, did you become best friends over the years or
4: were you friends before? No, we, we met on the job the very first year and we, we've just been best friends since that day. We Did you we go start on vacation at the same time? Together, uh, about half a year. That's amazing.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty jealous of that. <laughs> You should be. Yes, I am. I'm very jealous of that because that, I do think you're right. That would make it more fun. Like, because it's not, I mean, I like the people I work with, so that is not a slam on anyone. I love them all, but I love them at work, you know? And so I do think it would be really cool to be like, you're my BFF at work and outside of work. Like, yeah. Yeah.
4: And we keep a rule that we, we laugh every day, no matter what we, we find something to laugh at. So just having that humor, having that, um, relaxed atmosphere really helps a lot.
0: Uh, my next door neighbor is the behavior teacher and she and I, we are good friends every day. It's like, what were you laughing about today? Because it's like, I'll just bust out with whatever it is. And there she'll be like, what was it today? I'm like, Oh girl, like (laughs) what it was, but it is, you have to have that, like, She knows my students too. So I can be like, Oh my gosh, you're never going to believe what so-and-so said today. And it's just, it's good because it does kind of remind you why you're there. And I, I agree. It's important to laugh every day. Whitney.
3: I am. I'm the same. Like I love my team. I have a really supportive admin. So all of that like really, really helps. And I love my students. Um, I think that the thing that I love most though is, um, working with the students who like have behaviors and then being that person that they can go to and like, it's a safe place. And I think that that just like tops it all. I'm like, I love that there's like this bigger purpose, I guess, or is how I feel. But, um, just that, that those kiddos have me. So that's what, that's what keeps me going back. So I love it. Good. I like that. And it is a good feeling when others
0: cannot get them to do something and you walk in the room and it's like, Magic happens
2: when, when you walk in. That's good. Heather? We all have touched on it, but it's the connections I have with each student that is unique to them. Um, so since I am a self-contained teacher, I have typically under eight students and I really do get to know each one of them personally. Um, like right now I have one student that like I gave a thumbs up to and now he wants to do like thumb high fives. Um so like that's our thing and like him and I know that. I'll come over, give him a thumbs up. And he, like, puts his thumb to my thumb. And we give a thumb high five. And, like, that's the little connection I have. And, like, that's the 10 seconds I absolutely love being with that kid. Like, because that's our little thing. And, like, it's, it's like a secret th- handshake.
0: Yeah. And, like, if he was absent for a day, it'd be like, I didn't get a thumb high five today. What's, the, you know? Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I like that. Lisa, what about you? Um. So... I mean, really piggybacking on everybody else, but really just knowing that I'm making an impact in these kids' lives every single day. And I'm in a unique position this year because I took parental leave and it's just like everyone wants to kind of throw the school year away right now and I'm like begging to come back. And you know, I've been out of the classroom since last June. So that's like eight months of learning how much teaching means to me. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it really is kind of like what Heather said. I have only five students. And so I make a really good connection to each one of those students. And if it wasn't for my team, like sending me pictures every day, (laughs) I would be going crazy. (laughs) That's
0: good. That is the most important. And I guarantee if we were to ask our students what their one thing is about what keeps them coming back. I mean, besides the whole legal requirement to come to school every day, I think they would say the same things. It would have something to come back. Like Heather said, it all comes back to connections and that's what they'll remember. Like I have this one kid a while back. He said, Mrs. Whoop, next year in fourth grade, I won't have you like, what if I need something? And I said, honey, I am always here. I said, I don't care if you're like 30, I am here like you're, and he was like, really? Yes. And he was like, I don't know about coming to school without you. And so I'm like, but I agree. I don't know what I'm going to do when you're at school without me either. But I do think it's important that proves like what we're doing matters and it's amazing and wonderful. So I think they would probably say the same thing about connection with us. So, or at least I hope they would, (laughs) they better anyway. Okay. Well, thank you guys. You guys are absolutely wonderful. And you have dedicated like not only one hour of your life to record at another time, but a second hour of your life. But I think people will enjoy just hearing that like round table discussion or just sharing multiple answers about different things. Because so many of us were like, I'm piggybacking, I'm piggybacking. And I guarantee listeners are going to be like, me, me too. Me too. It's me. So, um, that's good. We're not alone. And I hope people get a lot of really good ideas from some of the wonderful one things that you shared
7: today. So thanks guys. Thanks for having us again. Yes. I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank to you. to
5: Well, and it's nice to put a face with, with names too. You know, like I've listened to the first couple podcasts and like, See, like, yeah. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, too, I think it's good. Like,
0: and I told multiple of you as we were recording, I'm like, I think I could sit and talk about special ed all day long. And so then when everybody else was like, yeah, I'd sit and do it, I'm like, yes, I found like people who are just like me who would do this. So (laughs) I appreciate that. Okay, guys. Well, I'm gonna hit the stop recording button, and thanks so much for being here. And I'll talk to you, I hope, very, very soon. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.